The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Uh, is this Labor Day weekend, huh? It, it all rolls in same for me here. So uh, Dr. Petricelli last week, that show was a great success on uh, education for red flag laws. Got a lot of emails and uh, a lot of positive response. That's right. Yeah, it's coming across the entire nation, and everybody can red flag anybody. But, you know, we still have to train, and we still have to know how to use firearms because we know it's a diminishing skill. And when I started Gun for Hire in 1992, officially, I was teaching uh, – unofficially, casually, casually from about 1986 and then 1992 I became an NRA certified instructor and I taught all the NRA classes. Then I became a training counselor and I taught all the NRA instructor classes making instructors and range safety officers and then we got to a point where people were asking for more. You know, I look at training as a pyramid. People start at the bottom. We get a 1,000 people sign up for basic uh, pistol classes, rifle, shotgun and then you get 200 sign up for an advanced class, 300, you know, 100 for more. And then before you know it, you have this funnel or the point of the pyramid where you have 30 people out of that 1,000 that take it to the hardcore level. And back in the day, I was approached by, uh, first was Joe Senti, who's with the ATF now. Uh, he was prior military and uh, uh, a law enforcement officer. And he did a lot to bring our training to the next level and then we had the late great bill furon mm -hmm. who did a lot to bring us to the next level because i couldn't teach classes like that because i've never been shot at i've never breached a door i've never uh you know entered a building in a stack or any of that shit so uh our instructor we have now who handles all of the tactical training you know jimmy's director of training and he coordinates everything but all of our classes, our urban pistol classes, rifle, shotgun, concealed stuff, and low light, no light, and everything is run completely by Bob Prouse now, who I'm very proud to be associated with. Uh, we like him so much uh, that uh, he pretty much can set his own schedule running the classes, and uh, he's just added a level of professionalism and training uh to gun for hire, so I'm very proud of it. I'm not really demonstrative. I don't say that to people that much because I can be a bit of an asshole sometimes. But, sometimes. but, the, but if I don't talk to you, that means I don't like you. And I talk to Bob all the time, so that should be a good enough sign. <clears throat> now we have other instructors uh, that fall under the umbrella as well that are very good. But he's pretty much our point man, uh, who I talk to about stuff, and Jimmy runs everything past him. Uh, if there's going to be any kind of shooting in the rain or mud or putting people down on the ground and yelling at them or whatever, Bob is the first in line to say, I'm, re I'm ready for that. I mean, did I sum that up pretty good, Bob? I'm in. Okay, so without further ado, I'd like to uh, 
introduce Bob Prowse to you, and Bob's going to give you just a little bit of background. Uh, he's a Marine also, correct? That's right, yes, sir. Hoorah, so thank you for your service. And how many years were you in law enforcement? Uh, I spent 25 years. Twenty, And you retired as a? Captain. So you drove a desk at the end? No, no, no. I was a working captain. You got in they trouble, wanted, right? <laughs> they wanted me to drive a desk. but Because you do not look like a desk driver to no, me at all. No, no, no. Not a suit and tie guy. If my guys are in the street, I'm in the street. So They, they don't like that, though, right? Upper yeah. management frowns upon yeah, that, right? Yeah, it gets to the point where they kind of just want you in and, you know, directing things from the sideline, and uh, I just couldn't do that. So. so you had the smarts to get the and, – and the street smarts and the intelligence to become a captain, and but you still wanted to be out there, you know, uh, fighting crime. Yep, getting out there and doing it. You know, I, plus I, I'm in charge of a group of guys. You know, they're they're my responsibility, whether they go home or not at night, right? So, how do I look out for things that are going on? And I'm not talking about micromanaging. I'm just talking about being there for them should something happen, right? So, if I'm sitting behind a desk, I really don't know what's happening out there, you know, and we. There's a ton of supervisors like that. They'll get behind a desk and say, go ahead, do your thing. Just don't anybody get in any trouble. Uh, I, I like to be out there. That was more my style, hands-on type of thing. Now, you're really <clears throat> you're really a gun guy, and you're really big on training because you, 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 you travel around to train. You take other people's classes, which is something I believe. There, I believe there is no one dogmatic way of doing things. I've always – stress to my students over the years go take this guy's class go yeah. take that guy's class mm -hmm. because you're going to pick something up in a, a different angle and maybe you're going to find this works better and you encourage all of our students to do the same thing we don't tell people gun for hire or the highway am i right 100 percent, and that, that that's really a good thing in my opinion about gun for hire is we're very open-minded you know you come and take one of our courses yeah we're going to encourage you get out there you know hear a different point of view you know if you pick something else up fantastic you know uh because we as instructors we learn too you know what i mean we're, yeah. we're constantly learning so i'll i'll go to courses i'll even take like tony Uri and i just took the sheepdog response aka bones aka bones we we took the sheepdog response basic carbine course and Everybody's like, why are you taking a basic carbine course? You know, and it's like, well, it's kind of twofold. First of all, I'm going to get a day training, trigger time. I'm going to be on that rifle. Uh, second thing is, hey, I want to see how they're teaching things, their terminology. Things, things are different. Everybody has their own style. And sometimes if you could just blend some things together, it really helps you get your point across, you know, you, when you see different teaching styles. So I like getting out as much as I can and, and getting to these courses. Good stuff. Yeah, it's it's just great. You learn good things, you learn bad things, you make observations. And listen, I don't care how much training you have. You know the same thing, Bob. When you're standing on the line and they're ready to call the line is hot, we all get that same lump in our throat. Oh, we yeah. get that tightness yeah. in our chest, and that's a good feeling to have that adrenaline pump, right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Right? You get so we talk about that all the time. You know, you come into the range and there's no pressure on you, and you're in a port and you're shooting and you have this fantastic group, you know, and you bang your chest, and you go home and you say, I'm the greatest. But now, even in a, 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 a tactical class environment, you're standing online next to your people you really don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And these are all like-minded people, and we're all alpha-type personalities. So you get online, you're a little nervous, right? You start looking at targets. Hey, who's doing better than me? i got to pick my game up. You know, there's always that competition level, which is healthy and good, so it's not a bad thing. When I used to shoot competitively, I'd practice a million times and feel so good about myself. And when we used to shoot steel matches, one person would shoot and like 30 would observe, right? So you walk up to the line and here comes the range safety officer with the timer 
next to your head. And the minute he presses that timer off, all bets are off, yep. right? Everything, they, all of a sudden, you're flinching, you're <laughs> snatching shots. You know, I'm shooting this little uh, steel chicken sitting on a log. Wood's flying everywhere, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and the chicken's just sitting there calling me out, you know. And it's like, what did I do? Oh, I looked over the front side. I started flinching the gun because I want to see if I knocked it down or not, you know, instead of just trusting my instincts. It's, it's just a great test and that's why we stress all of our urban defense classes right i mean you teach rifle pistol shotgun what else uh precision rifle 1500 yards ew for me but great for these guys that's a shooter's gauntlet right yep uh low light no light which is a real great class here you, you know you start turning the lights down and you that's got to be the most practical wouldn't you say or? oh yeah 100 percent. really 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 good class i mean uh every time we run it we kind of fill that class up it Listen, man, you, you, you have to learn how to run your weapon system with a flashlight. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's pistol, shotgun, long gun. You got, there's two things I tell every one of my students, especially for long guns. You need a sling and you need a light. Mm. You know, you, you, can't, you can't shoot what you can't see. You right, know what I mean? Right. So, and the people don't understand, you know, it's great to have a weapon-mounted light, but you have to have a handheld light, too. You have to have one on your person or at least accessible, right, at, in a, a home defense environment. And you're going to see that you better be up on your one-handed shooting skills, right, because a lot of these right. light techniques, are, right. you know, they're, yeah. you're using one hand to shoot, one hand to operate the light, although there are other techniques now and other devices that you can put on your light, um, the switchback ring, which they make now, a company named Dyram makes it a really great tool you could get that actually a, a natural two-handed grip on a handgun so it really makes operating a light a lot easier but you know there are the other techniques you know the old fbi the old uh neck index technique you know the harry's technique it, you, you know you're starting to get your hands together a little bit uh iub and, mm -hmm. and all of the other techniques right but without practice and you have to practice them all of course here's the thing with the light where one works now your environment changes, yeah. it doesn't work anymore. Right. So you better have something to fall back on and be able to change those uh, techniques up and those tactics up using a light. Otherwise you're a one-trick pony. Yes, sir. That's yeah. absolutely right. And you have to think about, too, okay, uh, what, if my, what if my good arm goes down? Right. What if my bad arm goes right. down? Right? These yeah. are things to think about. Yeah. You know? These guys, um, Bobby Prouse, Tony Arena, A.K. Bones, obviously Jimmy, and uh, a few of our other guys like Ed Leung and uh, Tom Giordano and Wayne Monaco and Vlad. Bye. All of these guys, uh, he, Bob is our most prolific trainer. But he's he's perennial. He's here with every every class. You know, the other guys are more, some of them are still working. Uh, Tony just retired. He's hanging out here a lot, so we're going to have to do something with him. <laughs> he's starting to see him here more and more in the morning. So yeah, like, hey, I, I show here again. I can stop here before the gym in the morning, and he's hanging outside. I'm like, what are you doing? You know? Oh, his wife must have shipped for him to do at home, so he told her he's here. But what happens is they build, uh, just like I did when I started Gun for Hire, these guys... Bob and them, they've built a camaraderie and a and a, a a group of all of our gun for hire alumni. You know, we have they have the sheepdog uh, elite, which is the the top of the line. Every year we have a little appreciation dinner where we invite everybody, we give out some challenge coins. But Bob knows what happens is he doesn't turn his back on the students. They're always emailing, they're stopping in, they're talking, they're running stuff by. Should we should I buy this? Equipment, Do you like this yeah. Trigicon? you know, advice and you'll see that once they hook them, if Bob teaches a class of uh, urban pistol, 
99% of the time, that student's going to take rifle, shotgun, low light, no light, et cetera, et cetera, right? And yeah, you see the draw. pattern, right? Once it, it, what, what, it basically, it really starts at holster draw. Yes. Once they take holster draw and they're clear, then, because we like to see where everybody's experience level is, right? Because you know how that goes. People say, hey, I've done this, I've done that. Well, we like to see for ourselves where you're, and it, it's not to knock anybody. We just want to make sure the classes run safely. So we get them in and we put them through holster draw. And that's that's where people start to get the bug, right? They start to see a little bit of what goes on, especially with tactics, because that's a very, very basic class. Uh, but those people you're going to see in Urban Pistol 1. And I guarantee you, after they're done with Urban Pistol 1, you're going to see them in 2 and 3. And then they're going to – and then you'll start getting the questions. Hey, uh, I, I'm only running a handgun now, but I'm really interested in running a rifle. You know, okay, so we start talking about – you know what kind of rifle you might want, or what kind of shotgun you want might want, and you'll see them. They'll start rolling through those classes too. It's it's pretty cool. It's always it's always been uh, that way for me is the accessibility and the open line of communication because we were all newbies once. Yeah. Yep. And some of us tend to forget. You know, Bob, you're in this game now as a retired cop, and so it's probably 35, 40 years. And he's he's a, he's an anomaly because he's a gun guy that also happened to be in law enforcement. And you know, all your career, how many were out there like you and, and Tony Bones, right? It, yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, yeah, there yeah. there there's you start to see a few more now, but I mean, if you're you're talking back in the early '90s, late '80s, there wasn't a lot. You know, yeah. you were kind of like this weirdo if you were the gun guy, yeah. right? You know, yeah. you're a cop if you're a gun guy. Oh my God, you know, you're you're you look you were looked upon like you're a little bit of a maniac, and that's not true. We just wanted to be safe. You know, you're out there doing a job where, hey, I might have to use this thing one day. So right. <laughs> let me learn how to use it in the right way. You know, so. Uh, and a lot of those same guys too, who looked at you like you were crazy, like you say, they're the they're the ones that you don't want to be around. Oh, listen, when it hits a fan. You know? And don't get me wrong, I love my brothers and sisters in blue. I would do anything for them. But and and it doesn't matter who you talk to; they're going to tell you the same thing. There's those guys that yeah. you know putting that gun on their hip is it's a means of getting a paycheck so right, you'll right. see them they come to the range they pull a trigger for the first time deodorant dust everything goes flying <laughs> off the gun of course really the only time they right, they take right. that gun out is probably to put it away when they get home and put it back in the holster right. when they get to work you know and, so and then to qualify the only time they ever shoot two times a year right now, every six yeah. months and 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 he, here's the thing and and it's good now because we're getting around that curb in law enforcement i believe we are anyway uh you know, uh, tra- qualification is not training. No, that's guys would and, think. And, and those think, oh, I have are, to go and, and, they're and, and train today. <laughs> it's sixty rounds, yeah. sixty rounds a day, forty rounds a night, and you're doing it every six months. Right. I mean, you're you're not getting anything out no. of that. You know, so you have to have some kind of training. And and more and more departments are starting to get on board now. And you see them; they're actually giving the officers some type of training, which is awesome. Yeah, so. that is awesome. You know, uh, Bobby's like me; he doesn't talk to a lot of people but if you talk to him about dogs or firearms in training he'll talk back to you yeah yeah that's <laughs> true seriously seriously if you if you walked up to bob and said oh did you see the new quentin tarantino movie you're gonna get a mm out of Who's him quentin tarantino? Yeah, exactly <laughs> who is that guy but if you go to bob and talk to him about a dog or you have a dog or you want to talk to him about a new gun that's coming out or a new bullet or a new platform well then you get you can bullshit with him for an hour or any type of training tactic but it's it's a tight fraternity we Our have kind now. Of guy. <laughs> yes, now it's a tight fraternity we have. But you had that fraternity because how many years did you run a SWAT team? 
Uh, I was on SWAT for 14 years. I actually was a commander of the team for my last two. Okay, last but you were on 14 years. 14, yeah. Because that is a solid group that take their firearms serious, take yeah. their training. You didn't have any slackers on there. No, not at all. Yeah, you can't. You can't because you're all relying on each other's right. lives. It's it's different than just being a patrol officer. And I'm not disparaging that because yeah. not you, because you're a cop doesn't mean you have to be a gun right. person. Yeah, right. Okay? Or you uh, want to do that type of elevated work. Correct. Sure. So you well, you want to do what you have to do to get by, and, right. and that's it. I had I tell a story all the time ago. <laughs> A cop came bullet hole once in uniform, and he told Jennifer, I need uh, ammo for my Glock. And Jennifer said, which one? He said, the black one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she, he went to take the gun out of the holster, and she's like, no, 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 I got it. So she walked around <laughs> behind him. She goes, is it all right if I pop your mag? He said, yes. Yeah. So, so she popped the mag. She looked, so it was forty cal. She pushed the mag back in, and she went around the counter, and she got him two boxes of ammo, yeah, you know, but yeah. uh, it's... Again, I'm not knocking them, but they're no. just the black one. No, Whatever. I just, they, this is the gun they gave me. Every six months I qualify. The armorer cleans it, takes care of it, puts it back right. to me, sure. and I take it back out again. But if you're on a SWAT team, especially in Passaic County, right, you were kind of busy sometimes there? Yeah, we were busy. We did, it was peaks and valleys, but we really did anywhere from 90 to about 130 jobs a year. So oh, so we were busy, you know, we did 10 a month roughly, 11 a month. Yeah, we we did uh all high risk entries uh whether they were narcotics, barricaded subject, you know, uh fugitive, uh you name it if it was if if the door was getting hit most of the time we were hitting it. We did all high risk prisoner escorts. So if you had like gang members that had to go to federal court in Newark, you know, in, if Intel said, "Hey, you know, there may be somebody trying one of his gang members trying to get him out." Uh then we would run that escort and you know we'd be you'd have four or five cars heading down 21 to get this guy to federal court you know and that we are the guys that did it so uh we stayed busy we trained a lot we stayed busy and it, it was a, a highlight of my career i loved it that was one of the things i missed the most so. sure 14 years so 11 years before you were an old you know cop and then yep. for the last 14 years of your career is a long run and you ran at the last two. Yeah, last it's, two it's not. Last, it's not easy. Last two was my team, you know. So a lot of sleepless nights. You worry about, you know, when you're planning an operation. Now you're like, you're the guy that's planning the operation. So yeah. you're responsible. The you know, buck and, has to stop somewhere. Yeah, and you know what? The bottom line, like I said, is I had 30 guys that I needed to get home at night. They had families, they had wives, they had kids, uh, and you know, I, they needed <coughs> to come home. So that plan had to be meticulous. So, so I observed something from you when you're teaching a class. After somebody runs a drill, if you pull somebody aside, I, I find that your uh, constructive criticism and uh, communication with that male or female is always spot on. And it has to come from all of your years of training and working with the team because, uh, you know, I've seen instructors be rough on people. And I've, I've I, you know, because I observe a lot more than people think I observe. But I've seen Bob take somebody off the line and give them, you know, like you had that one female. She kept uh, having the jams on mm -hmm. the gun. And I, I listened to your reassuring. And then she went back to the line and she started kicking ass after yeah. that. You know, that's an art and a skill that not a lot of people have, right? And if you want your team, you have 30 guys. If you don't want them going out at night going, I hate this MF or boss of mine. Right. You, there, you, you have to be firm 
but you have to be fair. Yes, 100%. And, and it, that's right, and you know it, because we, we all know you can learn more from a bad boss than a good boss. Sure. And you can learn more from a bad instructor than Absolutely. a good instructor, sure. right? Yep. So if, if I took, As long as you know it's a bad instructor. Correct. If I took Bob's course in his presentation, because Ron Sousa tells a, a, a story where he took another instructor's class in the Midwest, and he cracked a joke, and the instructor th- threw a full water bottle at him with intent to kill, and he ducked, and it went whizzing yeah. past his head. And for the rest of the day, the tone was set in the class. Like, everybody was afraid of the instructor. Now, who the hell needs that? Because yeah. What, yeah. what if I had What are you going to learn? What, what if Bob's given instructions, and I didn't catch the last part of it? I'd be afraid to ask oh, again sure. on what's required yeah. to drill yeah. because I don't want to yeah. have something thrown at me or singled out. Right. Very so counterproductive. You gotta, there's a thin line you got to walk. Yeah. Hold on. We'll be back. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds... She was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250-pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you, in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick. But just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. So a couple of housekeeping 
things. Shooter's Gauntlet. You love Shooter's Gauntlet, don't you? I really do. That's like my happy place. I love getting up on that mountain. Ooh, now he's got a helicopter, too. He oh, got a helicopter. He just home. got a fuselage. You saw, right? you saw it? <laughs> yeah. You see his post? Yeah, yeah. yeah he he blames you. He blamed me. <laughs> because I've been saying it on the radio show so much. People are calling him, asking him if he got the helicopter fuselage yet. He's posted. He was looking for a roll-off truck yes, to go was, pick yeah. it up from Georgia or Tennessee Georgia, or something. Georgia. Georgia. Yep, and he said, it's my fault. Yeah. Bob Ramo, F you, I love you. Uh, so, ShootersGauntlet.com. <laughs> Bobby's been there every time, I think, right? With Just the, about, yeah. yeah. The, he'd walk there if the vehicle broke down. He don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> in so, the rain. <laughs> yeah, in the rain. So, ShootersGauntlet.com. Now, tell us, I haven't been there anymore yet, but you guys shoot out to 1,500 yards. Now, it's a whole experience. You we come, should go up, actually. We should do a it, show from up. So anyway, how about those In a helicopter. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't wait to get on it. Right, I'll tell you right let's now. Let's do it. He's going to hook it to like a zip line. And yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I want to see the OSHA approval sticker yeah, on it first. Me too. Yeah, I, wanna, I want to see the engineering report it. first. I, I was going to make Jimmy write it first. He's going to. Well, I'm going to use a cable with a come along, and yeah. it'll be good, you know, for one time. Wait till you see this thing. Right? Oh, God, he's crazy. But. So these guys go out, and it's a it's a whole weekend thing. We book the hotels, and they go out to eat on Saturday yeah. night, and it's a whole camaraderie thing. Great and, time. Yeah, and when you hear these guys talk about it when they come back, the students and everybody, you know, Jimmy and Bobby are always helping them select glass for their guns and this and that. Just give us a, a little tip of uh, what, what goes on at Shooter's Gauntlet, Bob. Uh, like you said, we drive out there. We'll get out there late afternoon, check into the hotel. Uh, we go have a great dinner. Uh, at, it's at this little small Italian place right in the middle of Tawanda, uh, PA, which is really in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and it's funny say. It's funny because now the, the people <laughs> who own the restaurant are all from, like, <laughs> Union City and Jersey City. I think they're a witness protection, but nobody's saying okay. anything. <laughs> yeah. His name but, is, like, Luigi O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> But the food is great, and I'll tell you what, they treat us really good. They, We actually have uh, our pictures actually up on a wall. We had a, one of our classes. We were taking a picture, and there was a young couple in there with a baby, and we kind of kidnapped the baby, and the baby's in the picture. And, <laughs> you know, they were all for it, and it, it was really kind of funny, and they actually have it hanging on the wall in there. So you eat like you're going to the electric chair. They just keep bringing it out. Uh, after dinner, we go back to the hotel, break a little bread, you know, have a drink or two. Then everybody kind of turns in a little early because we we are we're we're up bright and early. Uh, you drive up the mountain, and that that's a adventure all in itself. If you ever driven up that mountain, you you would know why. Uh, you look to the left or the right, depending on if you're coming up or down, and there's no guardrails, so <laughs> you're looking down the mountain. Uh, you know, and you're definitely a four wheel drive. Uh, once you get up to the top, it, Bob has really done a tremendous job on that range. I mean, it's beautiful. He has his overhang and shooting benches and uh that pea gravel laid down it, it's it's just really awesome and once you look out and you're watching that sun come up over that valley you know and you're we start out at at one spot where we get out to about a thousand seventy i want to say yards uh and we get everybody dialed in and we do a hundred yard zero and we just start moving people out and after the hundred yard zero everything's on steel so that's very you know uh, I love it's interactive instant feedback. Steel. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and and we and and the steel plates aren't that big, so we're still trying to you know we're trying to keep you dialed down and and your group's nice and tight. Uh, and then we just start walking people out, and it, it's great because 
you know, classroom stuff, we could talk about it. And, and Mikey from Tier 1, who teaches the classroom part, uh, he tells everybody, you know, you, you're going to have that thousand-yard stare right now. I'm throwing a lot of information at you. And a lot of people say, hold, oh, my God, I don't think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand this. But then once you get them on the rifle and they start or, or, or get them on the spotting scope and they're watching how everything's ha- starting to come together, you start to see that light bulb come on. And... Uh, and the smiles, you know, when you start getting close. You know, most guys, if you talk to them, you say, hey, what's long-range shooting to you? They're like, oh, 250, 300. Military guys say, oh, 500 yards. You know, that's that's long-range. That's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing. When they start banging out at about eight, 900, and then at 1,000, the smiles start getting really big, you know, because it, it, it's pretty cool. And you're looking through the spotting scope, and we show them, how to identify to trace it around, trace it around once the round's fired. If you're looking through a magnified optic that you're right behind the shooter, such as like a spotting scope, something that's a little bit more powerful than the actual rifle scope, you're going to actually see that bullet arc in, that vapor trail. Wow. You're going to see it. It's amazing because people think when you shoot long range that that bullet's just traveling straight. Well, it's not. With the When you're dialing your dope into the into your optic that bullet's actually arcing up into the air and you'll see it you'll see it arc up and it just lobs into that steel and you'll see it impact and we actually have a really good video of it that one of the students mike thompson took uh it, it's it's really really cool and people say oh my god i see what you're talking about you know and then and then we move them out even further now we're talking we're hitting at 1200 13 and then finally at 1500 yards and that, that's pretty good because at 1500 yards now the elements are starting to to take hold you know if there's wind out there you know mirage all kind of stuff that you have to that ha- you have to work through does heat and cold affect it also oh yeah 100 percent. everything uh-huh. affects it you know when yeah, you start I guess getting so, out right? that because you're talking about something very light yep yep everything you know you're 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 gauging the wind socks you know where you are you're gauging the wind socks at eight uh at 1500 yards your spotter's making a call for you you're pressing that trigger and that rounds out you know and then and it, if it's if it's not a hit that spotter's giving you that correction right away. You know, yeah. you know, you need to come up two mils. You need to, you know, favor right side target. You know, send it, boom, and then finally we'll get them in there. And it's they're really, really happy campers once they start banging out there. It's pretty cool. Mike Thompson flew in from Seattle. Yeah, he to was just in last week. Yep. yep. Again, and he's been in it like yeah. four times already. Yes, so. but that's that's how addictive this <laughs> well, is. Well, well, what was really good with Mike this time is he had a son there with him, and uh, I. I, I I want to say his son is in his 20s. I yeah. don't know whether I'm right or wrong. Uh, but it was just nice watching him because Mike has been through the class so much. He, he kind of knows the ins and outs of it now. So, And out in Seattle, I think Mike actually got past 1,500 yards. He's out over a mile out there. Wow. Uh, and he's real serious about shooting. He's one of our great greatest students. Uh, and he had his son there teaching him, which was kind of cool. And this, They were shooting a, a 338 Lapua. And three three eight Lapua is not really a challenge, you know. So, I mean that that round's getting there even at fifteen hundred yards. So, yeah, he 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 told me, say, hey, you want to shoot my rifle? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know. And you know, three three eight rounds are not cheap. So I was like, yeah, I'm only going to take one. 
and he kind of dialed me in, said, okay, this is where I'm holding, bing, one shot hit. I was like, okay, 1,500, I'm done for the day. Have a nice day. <laughs> that would be me. You know. When Jimmy took me to Hackettstown, what, a 12, he had set up for 1,200 yards with his 50 BMG. Yeah. He had yeah. it all set up. I got down. I squeezed the trigger. I hit the steel. I got up. I, I, I was like, all right, let's yeah, go. That's it. He's like, no, I have some more shit. I'm like, what? Let's go eat. Like, I hit it one yeah. time, knock this shit down, pack it up, and let's go eat. I had to wait like two more hours for him. I died. But you guys, I, I tell you. Jimmy does a fantastic job. We we actually have LED lights on the targets that we Velcro onto the steel. Of course, you're not seeing a hit at 1,500 yards, even on the spotting field. But what you are seeing is you're seeing that, that LED come on once that guy's pressing that shot. And that's cool, even for the shooter, right? You're shooting, and you see that nice red light light up, and you're like, all right, I did it, you know. And like I said, most guys, they haven't shot out past 100 yards, so they're happy, you know. How or long? girls, I should say girls. Yeah, we had, we've had. We had Rebecca Brown, who was another one of our students out there this weekend. And I'll tell you what. When the guys were still at 200, she was already banging out to about 950. So she really got it, you know, and she was hitting out there really good. Yeah, so really women cool. with the finesse, hand-eye yeah. coordination yep, yep, they and just, the whole bit, they you listen. know. They listen. That's that's Yes, big. yes. How long when you, at 1,500 yards, from the time you pulled the trigger until you... Yeah, so there's a delay, right? So you'll press the trigger, you get that bang where you are. Yeah, 1,001, 1,002, ding, and then, the book, and then you're <laughs> finally getting that's out amazing. here. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's kind of cool. Sorry, one second. All right, I'm back. Bob, what about the force-on-force force class that we have here? Let's talk about clo- stuff that interests me more than 1,500 yards. I appreciate what you guys do. It's just <laughs> See, not. that, that kind of. I got, you, so take it. We'll go up for a weekend. You should go up. Get, get the dates. It, we'll get the dates. It's such an awesome, yeah, awesome Yeah, but I don't facility. have a rifle. It's good. good no, Jimmy, hey, Jimmy. We have loaner rifles, yeah. Oh. Rebecca, the girl I just talked about, she used this, his 6.5 Creedmoor, his rifle, and it, you'd have a great time. Trust me. It's, it's always lot, something in the back fun. of my mind I always wanted to try. Just I, You have to wait for a couple things to settle down yeah, because it's, yeah. a, it's a two-day venture and you're far, you're three hours away. Yeah, that's a problem so. right now. Force, <sighs> okay. force on force. Okay, talk to me about yeah, that's your force, my life, on force. force on force. Force on force, yeah, right? That's all of us. <laughs> <laughs> always on the battlefield. Yes. Uh, so we have uh, what we call UTM, Universal Training Munitions, as a company. Uh, we got turned on to it a couple of years ago here. Uh, I went down to their instructor course, and this stuff is just fantastic. It's along the lines of simunitions. If you know what simunitions are, it's, it's a projectile that you can actually be shot with. Uh, it's not fun. It hurts. It stings. It leaves a mark. Yes. But, you know, it's, not a, it's obviously not a, a real round. And, and, of course, you wear safety uh, equipment as a such as a face mask and we try to get people to pad themselves up with sweatshirts and stuff uh force on force is the ultimate training as far as i'm concerned you can get in a port and you can shoot all day long the minute somebody starts shooting back at you it changes the whole dynamic of things you know like mike tyson said everybody's got a plan to get punched in the mouth well that's (laughs) true with utm you know what i mean uh you think you're going to do something and then next thing you know somebody's popping out and they're putting rounds down on you and uh, it sucks. <laughs> it's a it's an eye opener. It it does. I believe uh, anybody who's going to criticize a police officer uh, yes. for making yeah. a split yep. second uh-huh. decision should yeah. run through yep. a scenario Once. of yep. uh, force on yep. force training. And I think that would change because you know you got Bob's team uh, for all of those years makes a split decision decision. And now we're going to analyze it for 27 weeks right. in yep. a courtroom. From every angle. <clears throat> Correct. It's so Guys easy to criticize. But, you know, suit up and step into the yeah. 
the yeah. mock house we have, the shoot yeah. house we have in the new building right now. And I just take an hour course with them. That's all. Just go through it. Let these guys hit you with a scenario for an hour, and then come out and tell me again. What, what did you What did you think? How did you yeah. feel about that? Right. Yeah, it's it's an eye opener. It really is. And you're right. People should. I think some of these politicians should, like you said, absolutely should, sure. suit absolutely. up, get in yep. there, and see how right. it really works. Because right. NYPD last year, a couple of New York Assembly men and women were introduced a bill where the police should shoot for the limbs or shoot the gun out of the person's <laughs> yeah. hand with a nine pound trigger yes <laughs> and what they did yeah, was the they got trigger. they got the elected officials to do a force on force scenario and they retracted the bill yeah yeah did okay. they actually go through force yeah, on force or was it yeah. just like a no 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 they went through force on force wow yeah and uh, they retracted the bill after that. Because, again, yeah. you watch TV. Oh, of course, yeah. Bobby and I are hanging out. I'm smoking a cigar. He's hanging out. He's having a beer. And, you know, I say, watch, I'm going to shoot that fly, that moving fly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. not static fly. Yeah. I'm going to shoot yeah. the moving fly. And we all laugh. You know right. what I mean? Right. right. So, but that's all bull- bullshit. And you see them. You know, it's funny because I remember when they did the first uh, simulation stand in Belleville. Mm-hmm. And I was there, and you take these guys' blood pressure before oh, and yeah. afterward, and it's there was a couple of guys we we were like, no, you you have to stop now. Yeah, we same thing. We did one of the, the classes here where we we had set it up on the fifty, and we took their blood pressure before and after. And man, it gets elevated. Oh yeah, for everybody. It, yeah, it doesn't for matter how good shape yeah. you're in, you're going to get stressed out. Yeah, because you're anticipating. You know, even for the instructors, happen. it's getting high. Oh, you know, because time. it's just it it just something clicks, and all of a sudden it's just it's man on man, and it's it's well. It's a, well you know what happens is you start really seeing where mistakes are made. Yeah, yes. right. Oh, yeah. Right. You'll see guys entering rooms where, where their slide has gone to lockback. They haven't even thought about doing a reload. Right. And now they're right. trying to engage, but they're at lockback. And we see it, and we just let the scenario run. Yeah. You know, we tell people all the time, if you're in a shooting, you're not counting rounds. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. talk to Tony Bones and he would do the after actions on the shooting response team and he would talk to the officer and say, how many rounds did you shoot? You know, oh, I think I shot maybe two, three. Yeah, like, they, probably dumped like eight, yeah, nine. Right, you know, right. you're never under a stressful situation. I don't care who you are. No. You are not counting rounds. You're just trying to burn that house down. Right. You're trying right. to stop that threat. Right. And you're going to run out of rounds. And if you're. If your training doesn't take over and you're not doing tack reloads, then you're right. doing combat reloads. And combat reloads suck because now <laughs> that gun's empty and yeah. you've got to feed the beast to get back in that fight. You know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, time dilation, auditory explosion, epinephrine runs through your body. You cannot beat physiology. Your fight or flight going to do. Your fight or flight reflexes right. kick in. Your fine motor functions go. You start to tremor. And start your, to shake. Chin, yeah. Your voice. Your throat tightens up. Yeah. Words come out like this. Right. This is just is from me taking courses like with Masada Yub, Jeff Cooper back in the day, and then taking classes with these guys, and you know, not and then force on force training. And I felt it. I couldn't imagine yeah. this guy ninety to one hundred and thirty jobs a yeah. year, yeah, because I don't care how badass you are. When you guys are all suited <laughs> up yeah. and you're ready to breach a door, right. don't, the 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 pucker factor is there for everybody. Not only the fact you're worried about like. Kim is the captain. You're worried about your safety. You're worried about your team's safety. Right. Yeah. And I plan this shit. Is right. it going to work out right. right? Is it going to blow up in my face? Right? right. And every plan is only good for what? The first five seconds or the first five steps? Isn't that what yeah. they say? Yeah. Right? That's the it. plan is beautiful. Yeah. Like fo- 
football players. It they looks would great love on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> you're gonna go here. You're gonna yeah. go there. Like when we talked about the raid to get Bin Laden, right? Who thought the helicopter was gonna yeah. cavitate? So there and you smash go. Murphy's Law, wall. right? There you right. go. Every uh, time. One right. team's behind now because their helicopter's sideways. Yeah. You know, right. uh, so shit happens. You know, it's right? funny you talk about that pucker factor, and it's funny we would get on our our Bearcat, our armored vehicle, and at first everybody's kind of joking, and then you'll hear, okay, we're you know we're five minutes out from the target. That conversation starts to get a little <laughs> less. <laughs> get a little okay, we're two minutes <clears throat> out. There is no conversation, yes. right? You, and you could see that everybody's in themselves. They're mm-hmm. saying. Okay, they're rehearsing in their head what I need to do, or subconsciously they're talking to a family member saying, "Hey, I love you." You know, you know what I mean. And yeah. you know, because yeah. I know, because I did it myself. You know, I'd sit there and I'd I'd be talking to my wife even though she was <laughs> at home, but subconsciously I'm saying, "All right, this will all be okay. I'll see you in a little bit." You know, and that, those are the things you think about. You know, and yeah. and I I don't think the the public realizes that. You know, that how stressful it can be. So let's say a hundred jobs a year, right? So you just took a basic rifle class. Did you have some nervousness before the class started? Oh, 100%. See? See, 100%. I, I, this is something we have to make people understand, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it never goes away. It, it does not go away for anybody, but it gets better. You know, you can handle it better. You can channel it better, especially if you learn what your weaknesses and inefficiencies are and learn how to use the gross motor skills yes. over fine motor functions. It is so important to learn. You know, we talk uh, – when I used to read Ayub's, you know, Armed Citizen and everything he used to write for Rifleman about homeowners drawing the gun and the gun or cops drawing the gun and the cop go, the gun going flying past the bad guy because right. it slipped out of your hand because how often are you drawing a gun when somebody's trying to kill you you know right, you just right. don't get that practice right. so it's so important and again you having the understanding of that and the force on force will bring that out on you well, without a doubt well, here's the thing with training you know uh training is going to acclimate you to that stress right so we're yeah. not we're not mm-hmm. in a gunfight every day right, right? god forbid right. thank god we're mm-hmm. not but uh in training in realistic training especially force on force or even like our urban courses Right when you're talking about fine motor skills, gross motor skills, just performing those simple manipulations, right? The more I acclimate myself to that type of stress, the better I'm going to perform in real life. Oh, yeah. Think of a fighter pilot, sure. right? Is, is he using Same fine thing. motor skills? Right. Oh, yeah. He's in that cockpit pushing right. all kinds of buttons. You think right. he's stressed? You better believe he is. Oh, yeah. But he's acclimated to it in his training. Correct. So. And he's not, even, he's not even aware he's using fine motor skills. Exactly. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, 
which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, Building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, please do not forget our friends out there, Mark Cheeseman, Gillard. Their case is now uh, granted, uh, I'm sorry, it's been under review with the U.S. Supreme Court. And Gruel and his uh, minions, they wrote a response, which is ridiculous. It was broken down by Jay Factor. The Cheeseman-Gillard case is self-funded, head, headed by lead counsel David Jensen. Go to their site, gofundme.com slash Restore-carry-nj. GoFundMe.com forward slash Restore-carry-nj. We're going to be having Cheeseman um, on the show. Uh, Mark's going to come on the show with Jay Factor in a few weeks. They had some personal stuff to take care of. But uh, we are definitely, definitely going to address this. And uh, I want you guys to donate because we have a lot of irons in the fire in the Second Amendment community. So, Bobby, I got this here. New Jersey resident grabs gun from robbers and fires shots as they flee, police said. It was a home invasion. The, the bad guys, two bad guys came through the bathroom window armed with a gun. Uh, I've heard you teach before about fighting and you fight to the death and you never give up and you never stop. Uh, so lend some advice. I don't have a gun. Somebody breaks into my house and they have a knife or a gun and they say, well, just comply. I'm not going to hurt you. What would your opinion be to that? I know what my opinion is, but I want to know what yours would be. Uh, I guess every situation is different, right? If, if I'm not armed and they, they kind of have the jump on me and they are armed, I'm probably going to stay compliant for a bit. But for I'm, a bit. But I'm going to tell you now, if that opening opens up and there's something I can do, I'm going to do it. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not going to get laid out on the ground and, and executed in my own home. If I have to fight, I'm going to fight. It's that simple. And I think everybody should feel that way. Uh, I, not saying I would tell anybody to do anything foolish, you know, if the, you know, if the opportunity's not there. But if that opportunity opens up, you know, you need to do something. 
when I used to have a carry permit, I used to tell people that if I was in a 7-Eleven getting a cup of coffee and two bad guys came in and were robbing the retail clerk I, and I'm on the other side of the coffee thing making my coffee with my head down, I'm going to remain that way. But if the bad guys announce, all right, we want all the customers to go in the back of the walk-in box, yeah, I, I'm not happening. going. Game over. You know, uh, <laughs> so again, you have to assess every situation. Now, yep. we, we don't know the dynamics of this home invasion. We don't. I don't know no, what it is, but, no but we do know that two bad guys broke into somebody's house. They violated the sanctity of their home. They probably had a gun on him. They were probably just as nervous as he was because they, maybe they didn't plan on encountering anybody in that house. We don't know the physical size or strength, which doesn't always matter because your brain can take over a situation a lot better. But like you said, he must have saw a point. Maybe one guy was rifling through the drawers, and the guy that was holding the gun turned his head for a second. Yeah. Okay, and if you keep yourself in decent shape, can help you out. I poke shit like that all the time. We'll talk about that you know, a lot. Strong yeah. mind, strong body is a force to be reckoned with. You know, all your training and all your guns and all your equipment in the world, if you can't run up a freaking flight of stairs yeah. without stopping to breathe, right. what, what good are you going to do? And if yeah. you don't think you're going to have a heart attack, we talked about it before. Stress when the epinephrine goes through your oh. body, right? The adrenaline's pumping. Sure. You know, check somebody's blood pressure. What do you think that homeowner's blood pressure was by the time oh. the police got there? <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, exactly. So Bobby, here's a here's a good one for you. So he those guys he fired shots at those guys. Now, let me talk to you uh, from someone who's been on special teams and stuff. So now I'm the homeowner, and the police are coming. And I got the bad guy's gun. Mm -hmm. I know you teach this in your classes, but what if the homeowner, because he's an innocent person, ran out to the front lawn with the bad guy's gun in his hand, and you guys were just pulling up? Well, how could that end? Uh, that could be a pretty bad situation, right? <laughs> we don't know what's going on there. Here's a guy with a gun. You, you, you know, you're getting called out to it. Uh, you never know, you know. So if, and, and again, you know, we talk about how the body reacts right that auditory exclusion and even tunnel vision mm -hmm. i'm that homeowner and i'm tunnel visioned in on on those guys and to the left or right to me there's a police officer saying hey drop that gun drop that gun he isn't here i'm not he seeing him i'm not hearing him. nope you know time I mean? dilation yeah. auditory exclusion right. tunnel vision it's all happening at the same time your body shuts down right. because right. basic motor functions need to operate we can't worry about extraneous stuff like hearing and right. vision yeah. right. you know but like right. in a situation like that if the bad guys ran out I would stay in the house protecting my family, especially if they were at higher ground, if it was a two-story. Yep. And I would stay on the line with the police and say that I'm the homeowner and I'm wearing my South Park pajamas. And mm -hmm. I'm holding the bad guy's gun. And I'm staying inside my house till the police arrive. And then when the police arrive, I would say I'm putting the gun down. And right. then I would follow the police commands after that. Right. But I wouldn't do that until the police came. What if there's a third bad guy? Right. You can't. Right. This isn't the movies. Yes. You don't know right. how many – there might be another right. guy still in your house. Right. Wait, and then you're going to get killed with that gun you just put down. Right. Or you're going to put your family at risk. I, I, am I right? There's a million yeah, scenarios. Oh yeah, there, there certainly your, is. Your back should be to a wall so I mean, someone can't outflank you. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, like you said, I don't know what the situation is. It, it sounds like maybe emotion took over and he just chased him out of the house and, you know, was a little aggravated that these guys <laughs> broke in his house, yeah. uh, which is understandable. But like you said – Sometimes you have to back off a little bit, right? Yes, we're all that alpha type of male, and I'm going to go get these guys. But you have to remember, my family's still in the house, right? So I'm alamoing right. up. I'm getting my family to a spot. And like you said, then I'm going to take the precautions. I'm going to get on the phone with 911. You know, I'm going to – that that 
gun I just picked up off the ground, that's the bad guys. Guess what I'm going to do the first time when I pick that up? I'm checking to see if there's a round in the chamber or there's, mm-hmm. there's rounds in the mag, right? Because right, now, right. now I start you know, pulling, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, no, most people wouldn't do that. No, they would right. just hold people the gun in their hand. The gun, right. exactly. And you want to know something. You hold the gun in your hand if and you're not thinking. If you're not a gun person, you know the finger's on the trigger. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. So now, So now what happens if somebody makes a banging sound or your daughter <laughs> right. screams or something. Right. You're going to get a sympathetic muscle reflex. Right. Plus you're totally on, okay. totally on edge right Right. You're yeah. going to end up shooting right. around through your foot or right. you could kill a loved one or something. Sure, right. Or just as the cops are pulling up, there's no bad guys in your house <laughs> and you could Bobby <laughs> pull up on the front lawn there. Boom! And you know, you know what usually happens when somebody has an AD? They go full auto. Right. Especially with a semi-auto, okay? So all of a sudden, yeah, semi. So your daughter, your daughter slams. You tell your get back in the bedroom. It's quite a second. Something falls over. You go boom, 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 boom. Just as the cops are pulling up. Meanwhile, you're on the phone saying the bad guy's gone. You're the homeowner in the house, and you have the gun secured. Oh yeah, the cops are going to want to come in knowingly, right? Oh, Bob, yeah. that's when what the hands are locked and you back out of the porch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, an uneducated person is going, but this is my house. Right. I'm the homeowner. I'm the go find the fucking big guys. <laughs> How many times have you seen that in yeah, your career? Sure. Right. Yeah, but you're treating the victim like a criminal because you don't know. You don't know. So here's the thing, right? And, and yes, people don't understand it, but you're, you're rolling into a high-risk situation and you don't know who's who. So rule number one is everybody gets secured. Listen, I could get flex cuffs on, and I can always cut them off, you know. Uh, everybody's going to get secured for their safety and ours, right? Because under stress, even if you're an innocent person, right. you might you can react right. in a crazy way and sure. not realize it, right? Because right. you're, you're scared, you're nervous, you reach out to grab something, and, you know, uh, it's perceived as a threat. And then next thing you know, somebody's getting hurt. Or just detract the officers who <coughs> are there from sure. something bad that's going on. Sure. And, and you know, good. so once we would get everybody secured, then... Then we'll sort it out. Let's mm. get a, let's get the situation. But a lot of people don't first. realize that they're ready. Right. They're right. ready to fight. Right. I told the story many many years ago. I grew up in the Northward of Newark, in the Lake Street area of Newark, where all these rich houses. In the '60s, they had this cat burglar. They finally caught him. He used to break into houses in the middle of the night in pajamas, slippers, and a robe. Bob. He at one time. I, I, this is a true story. It it's was kind right, of smart. Yeah, it, it, it was on. It was on Lake Street, and somebody in the house called the cops that their house was being broken into. Okay, he let the cops in in the front <laughs> yeah, door. He, he, the door. he let the, the he cops like? in. He told the cops he's, he's upstairs. <laughs> okay, the two patrol cops ran oh, in, great. and he zipped he out. Okay, <laughs> listen to me. The, the, so, so like Bob, like Bob is saying, when they're telling you to come out of the house, you could be the bad guy playing the good guy. You could have shot right. Mister Homeowner. Right. You could have Mister right. Homeowner duct taped in the living room. Right. All right. So Bob's gonna put the cuffs on you or the zip strip zip ties on you. You're gonna be handled that way. These these are important things you need to learn. That's why you need to train going in the store buying a glock 19 shooting it two times on my range and putting it in a drawer locking it in a box is not the answer that's probably the worst thing you could do yes if you listen if you're gonna here's my thing you're gonna buy a gun you want to carry a gun that's great you know me i'm a big two-way guy and i think everybody as long as you don't have any mental health issues obviously you're a stable person you can pass a background check by all means get a gun protect yourself and others right that 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 that's one of our our greatest rights that we have in this country. But what comes along with that? It's mm-hmm. the responsibility yeah, sure. of having that gun to Absolutely. learn how to use it. Right. Get into some good training classes. See what the 
effect stress has on your body, how you're going to react to different things. Put yourself, learn to be uncomfortable. That, that's the bottom yeah, line, yeah. right? Learn to be right. uncomfortable, whether it's physically or mentally, right? Because if you think the minute someone runs through your door and they're committing a home invasion on your home and your family's there, if you think you're going to be comfortable and relaxed, I got news for you. The, the whole world is going to be on fire for you right there. Correct. You know, you, yeah. you need to acclimate yourself to that stress and learn how to react to it. That's, that's the bottom line. And that, that comes with hours and hours and hours of mm -hmm. training. It's not going to happen in one training class. It, 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 it takes time. When I started getting into shooting at higher levels, do you know how many, time, how many hours I spent standing over the foot of my bed with an old army blanket over it practicing workstation reloads? Yeah. Five bajillion times. Sure. Yeah. Snap caps at the range, you know, dry firing over and over again where it became second nature. Right. Where I could take a gun and load it, unload it without looking down. We always used to talk about that, not crippling yourself with your vision. You shouldn't constantly look. I teach people that now when you're yeah. just shooting in a flat static range. Stop, yeah. looking, down. Stop right. looking down. Move right. your magazines around mm -hmm. and, and learn how to, in, you know, insert them and yeah. fire. Now, that we're talking all semi-autos. You're working on a wheel gun class, right? Yeah, yeah. Talk to me because we loves the yeah. wheel gun. Yeah, uh, Ed Hildebrand, wheel gun class. Tony Bones and I uh, got together. You know, I, I, I just a few weeks ago I purchased a, a S and W, a Smith and Wesson 442, and great I was like, you gun. know what? I love it, love it, great, absolutely great little gun. And I hadn't run a wheel gun in a while. You know, it's been some time, and something nostalgic made me want to get a, another revolver. And I bought one. I said to Tony, I said, man, we, we need to run a course on this. There's so many people that have these guns at home. Me too. You know, that's, for some people, that is their choice. Yes. They like they like a revolver, and it's a great choice. Yeah. Uh, when will that class be up? Uh, well, it's together. We okay. put it together. It's just A couple more weeks. Yep, it's just a matter of getting with Jimmy and getting the dates. And Bob, we're going to start running it. I can't thank you enough for being here. Bob is going to be teaching all. He teaches all of our urban classes, our 1,500-yard class. Go on the Gun for Hire uh, page, click on Academy. There's a little blurb about Bob on there. We can't tell you everything about him because then we'd have to surrender him to the authorities. Uh, <laughs> but I'm proud to call guys like this uh, my friends. Him and Jimmy got picked out of thousands of instructors to go to Fort Worth, Texas, and teach at the NRA uh, Personal Protection Expo. That says a lot about that. Uh, and gun for hire in their training and you're only as good as your people and I'm proud to have him on my side and if the shit hits the fan I'll be at his house with his two dogs and him <laughs> would you agree Bob? yeah that, that, that'll work thank you for everything you do and thank, thank you for your service the best advice we got this week is learn to be uncomfortable yes learn to be uncomfortable like when your underwear's too tight kinda sorta kinda sorta maybe a little different than that <laughs> Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for a Higher Radio. Gun for a Higher Radio is a kind of community production. The music used in this podcast is founded by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for a Higher Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Bob, thank you so much for all the insight that you brought us this week. It's just incredible. And that 1500 thing sounds interesting. Love to get you out there. Look, well, uh, I'll ask Jimmy to give me the dates. Maybe we'll go on a fall or a spring class. Yeah, I ain't sweating. No, I ain't sweating. No. And I don't want to lay in the ground if it's wet or cold. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, there How goes the fog. Are there right? blankets and things? <laughs> How about fog? Fog. Yeah. They went once. They we couldn't could shoot. We could wait till the, the whole day. They couldn't shoot. Yeah, we, got fogged out. we love you guys. See you next week.